0: Hello, my name is Heather, and this is my posh boyfriend, Max. Hello. And this is our podcast, Posh Things My Boyfriend Says.
1: Hello, and welcome to episode 13. Mm. It's been a while, it feels like, since we recorded. Uh, Actually, we had to jumble our schedule a little bit, but it's great to be back. And we've got some excellent stuff to talk about this week. First of all, though, a bit of important news. We've got some excellent messages in. In particular, a live shot of a listener who met Michael Portillo out and
0: about. (laughs) Ah, (laughs) He was looking, there's only one word for it. Luminous. (laughs) luminous
1: <laughs> luminous in all the right <laughs> senses of that word um so thank you so much to our dear listener for spotting that and sending that in that really made our day
0: at least he practices what he preaches <laughs> yes. i admire that in a man <laughs>
1: yeah integrity when absolutely. it comes to his fashion absolutely i believe fantastic.
0: he was in um a sort of raspberry colored blazer mm-hmm. with some um what can only be described as Cadbury purple trousers. That's a great
1: description, yeah. Will you I want to eat your heart it's out? It's very good. Oh. Now, I, um, f- just speaking personally, um broadcasting from a fairly bleak place. So uh, I turned 30 last Saturday <laughs> and we brought it in in style. Mm-hmm. I have to say you put together a fantastic remote whiskey tasting for I me. Did. Um, which I then just got super carried away with (laughs) and blacked out for most of the day and couldn't move for most of the subsequent day.
0: And fell asleep on our memory foam bath mat, which (laughs) I have also done before. Yeah. (laughs) And there was photographic evidence of, so we now have his and hers. hers. this
1: beautiful thing. (laughs) And it does, it just goes to show, like I've always said, you can't buy class. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> that was uh yeah that was so how, how do you feel max you I know now you're feel
0: no no longer in your in 20s. My
1: 20s i feel pretty good though as i've said for a long time life just generally seems to keep getting better um so that's great big fan of that but i also feel absolutely terrible because i think i literally got alcohol poisoning
0: <laughs> mess um, of a human so um <laughs> so i think birthdays are actually a great place for us to start. Pick up the conversation, sure. Yeah, because it it got me thinking too, is there a difference in posh birthday parties, working class birthday parties, Mm. both now and in childhood? And I I kind of think there is, actually.
1: Well I'm gonna I'll start the bidding here. I've told you this before, but it's it's worth mentioning on this podcast. I once attended the birthday party of a friend of mine who went for, as you do, went for Venetian ball theme, sort of masked (laughs) ball thing. And they rented an entire full-sized Venetian gondola that was then doing laps of the lake in the grounds of the (laughs) the house. Um, And so like during the festivities, one would pop on the boat and go and take a trip in the gondola. So I guess opening question is, is that not normal?
0: no no it's not i haven't even been on a gondola in venice oh
1: really yeah it's so
0: expensive yeah
1: i don't think i have either oh yes yeah fair play
0: yeah um i mean to be fair that is one of the sort of parties i'd love to have gone to it was it was a good experience yeah no that's not that is not normal
1: okay well obviously i'm being a bit facetious but bringing it back to reality what was sort of your standard birthday experience
0: Growing up, as a child, I only ever had one birthday party, which, Darling. just as an aside, was a Hawaiian-themed birthday party, birthday sleepover. Aloha. That's what it was. Aloha. We had the lays and everything. Yeah, there um, was, sorry. lays. You, I think that's what they're called, flower. The oh, flower the flower garlands garland things. Oh, yeah. nice. Um, so I only ever had one birthday party, um, sort of a proper birthday party, you know, where mm. people people come. Yeah. Um, and you have cake. <laughs> That's and a stuff. key part of any good party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that does remind me that that my my 21st was was very poorly attended. My mum did food for about fifteen people and only two of my friends came. Darling, I didn't know so that. sad. That's yeah, heartbreaking. It was so sad. It was really bad. <sighs> um I'm still friends with those two people though. You gotta oh, well, well hold done. on to them <laughs> when well you find them. To be um, fair,
1: that happens to the best of us. I did go to a mate's party once where pretty much, I don't remember the numbers, um, but yeah, like they had got like a marquee and a DJ and all this stuff and there was sort of half a dozen of us. Oh, and, yeah. it's
0: so sad my heart breaks for us well darling <laughs> my really heart's does. breaking for you it's so sad bless you those two i know i know shout out to uh sophie and hannah well, Love well you very done, very guys. Yeah. um so yeah so one birthday party as a child mm. um so i you know i think birthday parties are pretty expensive sure you Yeah. Know, however much it was at the time five pound a head whatever um and uh so i only ever had one Um, so my mum's usual solution which to be fair I think is great Mm. is that she would say I could have two friends and we would go off and do something for the day Yeah. Um, like she would pay for us to go to the cinema or um, quite often as I was a teenager I loved a trip to Alton Towers so we'd often do a trip to Alton Towers which is great Um, Alton Towers as an aside I've never taken it yet but we should go it's one of my favourite places on earth Really? It's great, Street? yeah. I love it okay. so much. Um it's got a forest in there and everything. Really? Yeah, it's incredible. Oh, and it's right. set in the grounds of like a, an old ruined castle.
1: That does sound good. Yeah, it's
0: amazing. So yeah, so that was what a general birthday party looked like for, for mm. me growing, That's growing up. That's interesting. What about you?
1: Um I remember going to Centre Parks one year. That was pretty good, me and you a whole bunch of mates.
0: You went for a weekend in centre parks?
1: I think so. It was definitely How in... old were you? no idea early teens i think okay um so that was good uh enjoyed that a lot then um yeah i think that we had i remember when i grew up in london we'd have like football birthday party or you know something like that where everyone gets together and plays a bunch of games of football (laughs) and stuff i don't think it was ever that extravagant um we did do a big joint 18th and 21st that was uh more more than two people came (laughs) sorry a success then by my standards um (laughs) no we did like a 60s theme and yeah it was classic sort of Marquee out on the croquet lawn. In fact, that you know so well um, <laughs> the multifunctional <laughs> space. Exactly, of the it's great. It means that the playing surface is a little uneven these days, but it it, it really has had it all. And then for my 21st, my mum was just spectacular, and she cooked me and I think eight other friends a sort of five course meal that we tucked Amazing. into just at home. It was great. I insisted that everyone wear black tie. Of course you did. Which everyone did apart from my brother. <laughs> <I don't remember. laughs> oh, no. No, he did wear the tarts. He just refused to put his bow tie on so he couldn't be asked. Um, So fine. And yeah, tucked into like some haggis and some nice wines and stuff. So that was really excellent. That's very you actually. I think it was very it me. Very you. Yeah, very Much like this whiskey tasting was very me. Yeah. Um, so I, um, it, that was fantastic. I loved it. I just got very overexcited. So... Yeah, I think that birthdays are just what you make of them. But it does, uh, I think it, yeah, it seems to be fair enough that if you went to certain parties, you could recognise that they're posh birthday parties.
0: Yeah. Okay, so question mark then. Yes. Did you ever have in childhood a McDonald's birthday party?
1: That's a great question. The answer is no.
0: Neither did I.
1: So was, was that something that you wish that you had? Was it like on the cards, but it broke your mum's rule about how many people you could have attend? What was the deal?
0: Uh, yeah, definitely wanted one. Because like, you know, who, who didn't? Sure. Who didn't want a McDonald's birthday party? It's like, great fun, you got toys. Um, the reason that that prompted me, though, was because my friend posted a picture of her at her McDonald's birthday party and did a poll on Instagram about whether you had one or not. Oh, that. yeah. And her her sister voted no, so (laughs) she'd had one, but her sister hadn't. Oh, that is cruel. That is cruel. Bit awkward.
1: Uh, so anyway, I'm now in the thirties club, and it's a pleasure to be here, but um, also comes with a bit of shame. (laughs) Shame and a
0: two-day hangover. Yeah,
1: exactly. For how I I brought it in. I
0: do think celebration of a thirtieth is very interesting now because I still think there's a bit of a classified
1: oh, yeah.
0: in birthday parties. I think I've I thrown you a very middle class birthday party. Yeah, that's let's like face so. it. Yeah. Um, whiskey tasting via Zoom. So I wonder the sort of thirtieth birthday parties that I've seen mm. are all very Instagrammable. They're very middle class. But I do still feel like there's a there's a thirtieth divide i don't know i feel like quite a lot of people will go to like marbella out of lockdown or something a weekend trip's pretty common isn't it but i wonder whether yeah. i don't know whether it is a class difference i'm not sure how many people i not.
1: know are going to be going to marbella
0: yeah well there we go maybe that's maybe that's one thing
1: maybe Anyway, birthdays and birthday parties aside, the other exciting news is that it's time to dig out an old feature we've not done for a little while, but we had some brilliant follow-up on our discussion (laughs) of jobs, so it's time for a come again. Come again?
0: So in our jobs episode, um, we talked about, is there such a thing as a posh job? Yeah. What do you do if you're practical but working class? What do you do if you're practical but posh? Um, And we ended that episode asking the question of, does it affect you when you're dating?
1: It's an interesting one.
0: So do you secretly swipe left when you see an investment banker or someone who's a bin man, maybe, depending on what your views are? Um, and so we had uh, an, uh, a listener write in, who shall r- remain nameless, who did send us quite a good bit of correspondence. I love that how frank
1: it. this is.
0: It's so frank. He said, I'm definitely guilty of swiping left if I ever saw someone who was an estate agent, a recruitment consultant, or a teacher.
1: <laughs> or a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> that is tough.
0: Yeah. Um, the first two are full full of social climbers and often they're completely useless (laughs) and have no idea what they're doing. The second meaning, teachers, is because the pay is often a bit crap and there's no way I'm going on holiday during the school holidays.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm glad, listener, that you've got your priorities clear in your mind um, and that you stick to them. The thing is, I do also know people that have confessed that they will swipe left or right based on what university you've been to. So Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Whole other can of worms there. Huh. So it just it, it stacks up for me that people would um base it on things like that as yeah, well.
0: Like I'm not gonna lie, I wouldn't I wouldn't actively swipe left if somebody had gone to Lampeter University or I don't know Loughborough I don't know mm. I wouldn't actively swipe left but... but you
1: might hesitate on the right swipe you might. no
0: no no, no it's a more positive thing so uh-huh. you know if somebody went to uh Kings or you know Oxford then I'd be like oh that's good that's a like plus a plus that might make me swipe right more
1: but are we all in agreement that if you see an estate agent you're probably swiping left yeah
0: probably. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that bad though like car salesmen they get a really bad rap yeah I
1: know I know it's... but it just feels like a very safe cheap shot <laughs> oh,
0: make... sorry estate agent listeners uh, so um, sorry. anyway um yeah what about you then were there are there particular things that you would have looked out for
1: again it was sort of a more of a positive thing it was like well let me try and find things that I have in common with this person so when um you see that somebody's gone to a certain university and has done a degree like you know history or philosophy or whatever else it might be um or does a job that's similar to yours that sort of gives indications doesn't it that they've got similar interests and mm. values and stuff like that yeah so um I can't think of a good example of where I'd just dismiss somebody because of the job that they've got, but I think that the job they have might make me think, well, oh, it's quite unlikely that we're going to have a lot in common, um, which might be a pretty narrow way of looking at it. But yeah, I can imagine that. But but I can't really remember there being any sort of red lines either. Yeah,
0: I would quite often avoid investment bankers. Actually.
1: Really? Yeah. That's interesting.
0: I just... I think I went out with enough people that worked in finance that yeah. there was such a pattern in it. I just couldn't couldn't be bothered to deal with people who often were just um, their own ass. <laughs> <laughs> there's, no, there's no other way. I'm not well, saying all investment that. bankers are by any no. means, but um, it just became such a pattern. Yeah, like that. That combined with. I think, particular pictures. I tell you what I would always swipe um, left on. Yeah. And it's somebody taking a selfie in their car. If there was a bloke taking a selfie in his car, I always got dodgy vibes. I don't know what it was, but I was just like, no.
1: No, not having it. Yeah. Well... (laughs) tell you what i mean it's such an interesting uh i mean you don't
0: even have a car to take a selfie in darling so what do do i know
1: (laughs) nice and safe from that one um anyway listener thanks so much for writing in fascinating to hear your take on the jobs thing i'm glad i'm glad that we are on something and um yeah keep that left swipe (laughs) trigger ready to go (laughs) right that brings us seamlessly on to our last but definitely not least section of this particular podcast because we've had an excellent bit of correspondence come in. So it's time for some correspondence. Correspondence. So this week's correspondence came in on our email channel so, it definitely qualifies as being official.
0: It's, it's top tier official correspondence.
1: Yeah, it's, it's simply the best. And this comes from Simon and Kat, who, as I say, are new listeners, recently introduced the podcast. And they say this Max and Heather, Kat and I have just been introduced to your podcast. First thing to say is that we love it. Oh. Aw, thank Thanks, you very
0: Ken much. And Simon. That's love very you sweet. Too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Secondly, do all of your listeners know the origin of the word posh? Do you?
0: That is such an interesting question. Yeah, I mean, I we've know. been talking about this for quite a long time now, and I don't think we've ever asked actually ourselves that. actually thought about that. it. I know. Um, so we did take the liberty to do a bit of research on this. And the answer is the jury is out. Yeah, a mystery. It's a total mystery. Um, there is a myth that it relates to the times when we were sailing over to India and you had the better cabin on the ship if you were going port side out and starboard home Yeah. Um, because you were on the opposite side of the sun and then it was cooler, supposedly. I think that's right, yeah. It's a... literally cooler, not um, A-list <laughs> not cooler. Trendier. But basically that's what it meant. So uh, port side out, P-O, starboard home yeah sh um. but apparently that's bollocks <laughs> so, <laughs> i'd love sum. that to be the case but apparently it's wrong <laughs> uh
1: so so we did some further digging then having dispelled that as bollocks as you say, put it. um and there's a great little website called wordhistories.net, which makes a pretty good fist of it and it cites a whole bunch of publications from sort of 1914 1915 or so that had some pretty good definitions Apparently the word posh is first recorded as an adjective meaning smart or stylish, and in some book in 1914 called The British Army From Within, uh, it said, (laughs) The cavalryman, far more than the infantryman, makes a point of wearing posh clothing on every possible occasion. Posh being a term used to designate superior clothing or articles of attire other than those issued by and strictly conforming to the regulations. <laughs> so it has a sort of you know, sense of the the dandy about it, I think.
0: amazing. and that that reference at the beginning to something that was smart, yeah. um, I remember asking you many episodes ago, would your parents ever describe anything as posh? and you said no and i asked well what would they say instead and yeah. I like oh that's smart that's a smart restaurant mm, that's,
1: that's very interesting. interesting um then there's another definition which i think is fantastic that needs to come back this apparently is from another book called adventures of a despatch rider from 1915 um, and it says posh may be defined very roughly as a useless striving after gentlemanly culture <laughs> So that's pretty good. Um but then if uh, for all you etymologists out there. Love etymology. I mean who doesn't? It's fantastic. Um so this might tickle you love. Apparently, the noun posh in the sense of money is first recorded in the proceedings of the old Bailey in 1830. Oh, okay. And there's some reference to the posh, which means money and it might be some shortened word from what's described here as anglo romani forms like poshera and poshera so sort of uh it's like a derivation of a word for money that people used to use as slang sort uh, of thing
0: interesting. i mean that would make that would make a lot of sense would sort it?
1: of i yeah. mean i
0: know our definition of posh does not um uh, includes but is not limited to wealth. Yes, exactly. Um, but it makes sense that that's where the origins come from.
1: I mean, th- what what it shows, if this podcast doesn't already, is that it's a wonderfully complex, nuanced <laughs> issue that clearly needs further investigation.
0: Now we have set out, hopefully, some further investigation from the queen of uh, etymology. Susie Dent who if you don't follow her on Twitter you must do so immediately uh it it is amazing and she has this fabulous way of making sly she throws a bit of shade um, (laughs) using words which is just the most brilliant combination the best one I read recently just now in fact is that um aster uh is the word for star and so a disaster is an ill-starred event
1: that is wonderful. wonderful. That's beautiful. So good. So anyway, anyway, if you know Susie Dent, you can get her to help us out on this. Um, yeah, we've tweeted her. Yeah, <laughs> but me thinks perhaps she might not respond.
0: <laughs> Probably not.
1: So going back to the rest of Cat and Simon's email. Thirdly, is the posh thing getting better or worse, wider or narrower with the passing of generations? Hope you're both surviving lockdown with your sense of humour intact. Oh, well, we're doing our best on that front, uh-huh. but infinitely cheered up by your lovely message totally so thanks so charming. much <laughs> totally so i think that that final question is really interesting mm. is it getting better or worse wider or narrower with the passing of generations yeah and to kick this off i um immediately what sprung to my mind was something i'm surprised you hadn't seen it before because i thought we discussed it but in 1966 You remember indeed, darling. I remember it so well. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's because we just looked it up. There's a famous sketch by the two Ronnies featuring John Cleese as well. I wasn't alive in 1966, um, surprisingly enough, as we covered only just 10 30 recently. But maybe, if we're comparing across the generations, indicates that there was a sort of greater acceptance at the time of a bit of a social and class divide and that it was sort of more ruefully laughed at rather than sort of resented or anything and that maybe it was a bit more accepted I don't know if that's true but Mm. just taking that as a rough guide to kick off the conversation that was one of the first things that sprung to my mind what do Mm. you think
0: um Maybe it's because I'm contrary. But I do think that kind of the politics over the last 50 years suggests that, that, you know, the rumbling of social change has been there for quite a long time and social mobility yep. is a thing now. It's a phrase that a lot of people recognise. So I I don't think that people were that happy because that's why we've gotten to the place that we have. Yes, um, that makes
1: sense. I mean, it's like... On the one hand, you've got that sketch, but on the other hand, you've got sort of Britain under Margaret Thatcher, um, which is not sort of (laughs) a big advert for harmonious society and everyone getting on and and loving it. So, yeah, fair point. I think bringing it to the modern day then, uh, I don't know, as you say, what it used to be like, but it certainly feels like all this class stuff still has a lot of sort of venom and you know mm. unpleasantness in it
0: yeah i certainly i certainly feel very impassioned um about certain class issues right. so class representation in the workplace is one of my um bugbears it's something yeah. i've got to be in my bonnet about um i don't think we've got enough diversity of class in most professions most middle management um I saw something interesting on Instagram this week which said that um only seven percent of the UK are privately educated and yet that seven percent make up 67 percent of judges 51 percent of journalists 61 percent of doctors and 18 out of 26 cabinet members come on yeah (laughs) um (laughs) I mean, it clearly is <laughs> worth the money, maybe, of sending your kids to private school. Um, but that, you know, I've, one, I find that distinctly unfair. Two, I just don't think it's particularly good for the country... That makes sense. ...to have such a disparity of influential roles where you're not getting a representative sample of how most people live their that, that mm. life. That has to have a distortive effect. Yeah. And I'm not sure what can be done to address it necessarily. There's a great charity based up north in Manchester called the Reclaim Project and they are all about ending um, leadership inequality that prevents young working class people from Um, you know getting into positions that they're very capable of doing Um, but it doesn't really feel like there's a broader conversation in society about class inequality and and what that that does in a lot of our institutional structures.
1: So I think I'm right in saying aren't I that um, at least by some measurements sort of social mobility has stalled for quite a while I think sort of maybe five plus years.
0: 2014 I think there was a report on it Um, Recently, that said, yeah, social mobility has stalled. So I think that
1: there's a couple of really interesting aspects to that question, because it's number one, is in economic terms, and as you've been saying in sort of the workplace and stuff, are you actually seeing any changes? And um, that seems to be slowing or stalling. Then the other side of that coin as well is sort of general attitudes and the interaction. Mm. And I don't know, I might just be... um, overly sensitive or something like that but I feel like I said there's a lot of antipathy Mm -hmm. uh, in in most parts of the world and and dynamics at the moment including this one and it seems like it's a sort of a fault line that people use to like hurl insults and create a sense of otherness and be unpleasant rather than sort of everyone getting along so I can't speak at all to what it's been like in the past 50, Mm. 60 years. But yeah, I sort of feel like maybe it is getting worse Mm. in the sense, you know, this might be a big leap as well, but you increasingly see things like echo chambers where people stick around to their own points of view and, and things that are familiar and are agreeable. So it sort of makes sense to me that you might see that effect in stuff like, class dynamics and dating and that people are likely just to date other you know posh people are likely to date other posh people Mm. and so you perpetuate a bit of a divide
0: it's quite interesting actually because I was about to make the point that's the total opposite to that (laughs) which is to say uh, not on the dating point but on um how visible some of um some of that us and them is yeah I think you know back in the day we've said before you and I never would have met
1: yes that's right yeah that's such a good point actually actually
0: you know yes there are echo chambers but I feel like there was an echo chamber anyway beforehand because Uh you weren't exposed to um a great variety of opinion and of um different classes that you interacted with every day i'm talking pre pre-internet here mm-hmm, yeah. uh, which we are now staggeringly um old enough to remember <laughs> the days <laughs> pre-internet just about um so so i feel like the echo chamber existed it just um the echo feels bigger now if, mm, if i can term it that way nice. um, and i also wonder whether though because we are so hyper connected even though social media puts you in a kind of echo chamber we're probably more exposed to differing opinions mm-hmm. that we then react to yeah um so maybe that's why it feels more vitriolic that's now. interesting i don't know no um, to me it definitely you know to simon's question about is is the divide getting smaller or wider or um what have you to me it feels as though the middle has expanded yes um, and I think a lot of the research supports that. I think the majority of people in the UK are now considered middle class. Yeah. Um, 50 or percent, I think it is. 59, I think.
1: 59. Up. Yeah.
0: Um, and so I feel like, you know, this, the working class and the upper classes have um, decreased as a result of that. Yes. But it almost feels like they're now concentrated
1: And that it's maybe a stronger identity because of it.
0: Yeah, maybe. I I mean, I can't speak from the posh side of things. I don't know. I mean, I read quite a lot of, um, uh, I guess, articles and stuff um, around the 50s and what it was like for the Queen, for example, Mm -hmm. and um, Princess Margaret and the type of circles that they would have moved in. And I, I don't know if those sorts of circles still exist with the same prominence as they did then or whether it's just sort of a bit more hidden. I don't, you know, yeah. maybe I'm really not aware of it at all. Maybe I'm mean, still stuck in my own echo chamber. <laughs>
1: well, I will say this. Um, the fact that you and I have ended up together and are now li- living together and in a relationship was um, curious enough And sort of remarkable enough to inspire us to start this podcast. Yeah, that's a good point. And there's enough stuff to discuss week in, week out for us to have done at least 13 weeks of it. (laughs) Um, And I do think that we're a bit of a rarity still. Um, Yeah. And so I think on the whole, probably it has gotten better and that it'd be less scandalous and a bit less of an issue to date across class lines. Yeah, but definitely. I think it's a, it's very slow. It's it's gradual amelioration. Um, and if we can do our little bit to help by showing that they're not all so bad on the other side of the tracks, <laughs> then, um, then that would be fantastic.
0: It's a really good question. It's a yeah. very, very good question. I think I think we come at it as well from the perspective of it's not right to be restricted from people outside of your class mm. but maybe there is also an argument on the flip side which says that the class structures that are here in the UK is a really big part of our culture Absolutely. so it'd be interesting to see how how that affects the kind of country sense of identity almost in 50 years time you know, what if when, it gets
1: broken down more
0: if it gets broken yeah, down more yeah. yeah it'd be I know this is something that Kate Fox talks about in in watching the English that you know she writes in her foreword that she didn't want to have a separate chapter on class because it's so pervasive in every single area really. of British life yeah. uh, that it it doesn't it, you can't have a separate chapter on it you have to consider consider every aspect of our culture with an angle of class to it yeah so i wonder where we will be in 50 50 years time and what that does to our sense of our sense of self as a nation hmm. it's quite interesting
1: that's wonderfully put well what as always you guys think would be wonderful to hear um if you have any thoughts to all on is this getting better or worse if you also are dating across the class divide and so you're joining us and sticking it to the yeah <laughs> sticking know, it to the man the, yeah <laughs> the man the the sort of straight jacket that we our society is based in <laughs> um if you think that we've been talking total nonsense then all of that would be wonderful to hear so if you want to get in touch you can email us
0: on says at gmail.com or You can slide into our DMs on Twitter and Instagram at...
1: At PoshThingsMy. Uh, So it'd be amazing to hear from any and all of you and keep sending us your hot pics with Michael Portillo because we love them.
0: (laughs) I mean, most of the blokes would want hot pics of some hot chicks, but not you. I want
1: Portillo Portillo. (laughs) in red trousers and purple blazers. Keep them coming, guys.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: Alright, see you next week. Um Um, And say, <laughs> so sorry. I was there formulating my thoughts.
0: You never laugh at my jokes. <laughs> That's
1: a nice big laugh. You can cut that head.